Oregon football's got another new ball carrier. What are we going to expect from Marquise Irving this year? Where does he fit into the running back room? We'll discuss today. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe wherever you are listening to and or watching the show right now. And for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see I am not in my usual home studio setup. I am coming to you live from my friend's house in Scottsdale, Arizona, where I'm on vacation this week. I'll be all over the place doing the pod. I'll do uh, one from here. I'll be in SoCal, my brother's place later this week as well. But you can see the view behind me. Sunshine is uh, not a bad thing. You know what else isn't bad? Adding running back depth. I'm a fan of this move. Marquise Bucky Irving, they call him. Shout out to Carlos Lachlan because he has done it again. Picking up a new addition for an Oregon ball carrier this season via the transfer portal. Now, coming out in the class of 2021, Bucky Irving was kind of a low-rated four-star. I think his composite on 24-7 was uh, at just 89-point-something. You know, So not like a, a big-time recruit or anything of the sorts. But he had a really nice season over the course of his freshman campaign in 2021 for the Minnesota Gophers over there in the Big Ten. Now, he came into the, the fall season not expected to play a ton, but maybe a little bit. But then they had a couple of injuries, and Irving got an opportunity to show what he can do. He ended the season leading the Gophers in all-purpose yards as a true freshman. He was second on the team in rushing with 699 yards. Let's call it 700 because let's presume that there was a statistical mishap somewhere and he had, you know, extra yet. We'll call it 700 yards even here on the show. 700 rushing yards, 73 receiving yards and 194 yards in returns as well. I'll get to that here in a little bit. But his best performance of the year came in the bowl game against West Virginia. 19 carries, 129 yards. So this is a guy who made the most of his opportunity. And I, I found it a little puzzling once I did some digging on him that he decided to leave Minnesota, which has been a real solid program over the last couple of years with P.J. Fleck. Row the boat, everybody, row the boat. And, you know, he, he was a guy who performed very well last year. And it seems like he was going to be due for an increased role. So, so the question then becomes, you know, why would he come to Oregon? And I think that the simplest answer to that question is he wanted to go to a, a, a school that has a bigger brand in terms of football. Because Minnesota, as I said, is a competitive school. But are they top of the Big Ten? No, they're kind of, you know, in, in that rung below Michigan, Ohio State. Penn State, all that sort of stuff, all those schools, Michigan State when they're good as well. You know, Minnesota's a step below them, but still capable of being good, right? They're kind of in the Wisconsin mold, right? Their ceiling sort of feels like the Rose Bowl. Maybe if they put it all together one year, they could get into the playoff, but that they haven't gotten to that level just yet. So I think the number one thing with him is they had some injuries last year, so he might have seen a reduced role from what he had in 2021. And now he comes to an Oregon running back room that, it is suddenly kind of deep 
and kind of competitive when you look at the guys who, who the Ducks have brought in, who have been very productive in their previous stops, and now are going to compete, but with no you know, clear-cut number one running back who's coming back to the Ducks 22 season. A lot of you might say, well, what about Byron Cardwell? He's certainly the leader in the clubhouse, but this feels like way more of a battle than what we have going on at quarterback right now. I don't think that... You know, when you look at the the quarterback situation, it, it's that hard to figure out, right? That the Bonix is probably the starter. Talked about that a lot last week and really a couple weeks here on the show. But the running back situation, I think, could be totally fluid because you have to remember, Dan and his staff have come in to Oregon and they they don't feel the sort of personal allegiance to any of the guys who are already there. It doesn't mean that. They can't like them. Doesn't mean they don't see the same things that we see. But when it comes to naming a starter, there's a little bit of a difference there if a guy is your player as a coach, right? If a guy is someone who you recruited, who you brought to the school. And so now Dan Lanning and his staff and Carlos Lachlan specifically here are, are starting to add to that position group. And so they're starting to, to get their own guys in there. So that's the other thing here about Bucky Irving. Again, his first name is Marquise, but he goes by Bucky, so we're, we're rolling with it here on the show. I'm a fan of anybody who wants to share a name with the Winter Soldier. Yes, huge Marvel fan here. Anyway, he's got three years of eligibility remaining. And when you bring in somebody like that, as opposed to Bo Nix, who has two but might only use one, or you know Chase Cotto who's just got one year left, right? Those feel more like stopgap fills. But when you bring in a transfer who's got that much eligibility remaining, I think it can say something about your coaching staff and the sort of players that, that they want to bring in because every staff has an idea of the sort of guy they want to play at, at each position, right? Is maybe, you know, like back in the Chip Kelly day, for example, he wanted smaller offensive linemen. He wanted smaller, quicker running backs who had great lateral quickness. Kenyon, LaMichael, DeAnthony all fit that mold very, very well. doesn't mean you can't have a LeGarrette Blunt on the roster, but those were the sorts of players he were he was looking for, guys who fit his scheme, and he's very, very good at, at doing that. And Chip remains uh, strong in that aspect of his coaching style to this day. But I think we're starting to see a little bit of a positional brand develop at the running back position for, for Dan Lanning and the staff with Carlos Lachlan because he looks a lot like Noah Whittington. Not a ton. I think Whittington has a little bit more of a bowling ball component to him, you know, in terms of his build and the way he runs. But these guys and Jordan James, a four-star running back in the class of 2022, he's like this as well. They're strong. They're compact. They're, they're shifty. Irving does a tremendous job when you watch his highlights. He breaks arm tackles really, really easily. And I think that's something that a defensive-minded head coach who's going to want to run the ball at least a, a decent amount, that's just kind of how this goes in the coaching realm. He'll want somebody who's going to be able to set a physical tone, who's going to be able to you know, run through weak tackles and, and able to establish an identity in that element of the offense. So I think that that's a trend that, that we're starting to see is it, it, these guys are not huge. He's, you know, 5'10", 5'11". He, he came into college as a four-star recruit, like I mentioned. The scouting report on him was that he was going to need, need to put on a little bit of weight. I, I think he's clearly done that, at least somewhat at Minnesota, because he, he is running through these arm tackles when, when you watch him. 
like they're nothing, like they're not even there. And he does most of his damage between the tackles. He's more than capable of bouncing to the outside. He has good speed. I wouldn't say he has, you know, blazing speed or, you know, that, that he's an easy runner like Kenyon Varner was or that he's going to break away from you with big explosive plays like LaMichael and, and DeAnthony were able to do or, you know, even a, a Thomas Tyner. But I think when you watch him run, it reminds me a little bit of Byron Marshall. Now that I think about it, I, I think that's a pretty solid comp. And he was involved in the passing game last year, but not a ton. He, he's capable of catching the ball out of the backfield, but it's not what he's known for. So I think this is a guy who's going to want to compete for carries. I'll tell you where he fits in the running back room right now at this moment after I tell you about Built Bar. Look, everybody, I'm down here in beautiful, sunny, warm Arizona. I've played golf three days in a row as I record this, going for a fourth tomorrow. It is hog heaven. But when I'm out on the golf course, I need something to keep me going because normally I don't snack, but on the golf course I do. It's the one place where I will have a snack because I need something to keep my muscles up and running. You know what I mean? And built bars are the perfect way to do that. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. It's way better for you than a candy bar. Don't even think that it's comparable. Go to built.com. Use promo code lock 15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Bucky Irving in Oregon's running back room right now. I wouldn't say that he's catapulting to the top, but it's going to depend a little bit on on this coaching staff and what they want to do or what they want from their running backs. Now, the the reason principally why I like this move is because Oregon was just light on bodies. (laughs) They didn't have a lot of guys. You lose C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye, but you also lost Trey Benson, who was a candidate to step in this season as well. Sean Dawson has not been reliable because of injuries over the last couple of years. I hope he's able to. I, I think, and this includes Irving, he's the most physically gifted back Oregon has right now from a physical standpoint. I, I think Dollars is the most explosive with the way he uses his size. He, he's a pretty physical runner as well. But when you talk about making big plays in the running game, I think Sean Dollars is going to be the best at that. Now, Cardwell is the most experienced of the group, except for Irving. I think they had kind of comparable workloads a season ago. Cardwell didn't finish the year with, with as many yards, I don't believe, as Irving did. So Irving comes in the most experienced. But again, just one year of college football under his belt. I think if you're the staff, you're bringing this guy in because you like the potential that he shows. He's fitting something stylistically that they like from their ball carriers. The other factor here is you like competition. You want guys to compete. You want them to have to work to earn touches. And whoever emerges as the top back out of this running back group, and I think it's highly likely that we have a one-two tandem the way we saw with uh, CJ and, and Travis over the last couple of years, emerges as the top guy, right? Because it was Verdell first and die second, but it was a heavy dose of Travis die a lot of times in, in the games. I think it's going to be the result of really, really popping in uh, in fall camp and in summer practices because you have to look at this running back room and think any one of those guys could start. I mean, I've watched Noah Whittington run. We saw him in the spring game. He looked great. He looked fantastic. And now you add Irving, who you know can produce at the Power 5 level, Powell's in there, who I think has the highest ceiling, and you have Cardwell in there, who's got a great jump cut, tremendous vision, and great patience as well. So all of these guys have traits that, that, that allow you to see the potential in them. 
right? Where you could see, oh, if he's the number one running back, I think he could carry the ball, you know, pretty well, or he could be very, very productive in Kenny Dillingham offense. I, I think that it's going to come down to, you know, who's got the hot hand in a given week or who goes up during fall camp and, and impresses the coaching staff the most. Because I really think that any of these guys could could end up being number one. I, I think Irving and Whittington maybe, maybe have a slight disadvantage going in compared to Cardwell and Dollars, but I think that would be exacerbated more if you had the previous coaching staff still here because they recruited Firewall, the previous administration did. They recruited Sean Dollars. But Dan Lanning and Carlos Lachlan, it, it, it's all new to them, right? The old guy, except for Whittington, who you know came over with, with Lachlan from Western Kentucky, those are the guys that, that could just, I, I think, any of them could pop. And Jordan James, I, I think this kind of solidifies that he probably won't see a ton of action this year, but several injuries. But, you know, that, that's going back to how I started the show. In the running back room and with injuries, I like having a guy like this available to produce if we need him. He's not called in to be a number one back because I don't think he's going to be the number one, but it's certainly possible that, that he could be. I, I would imagine I, I just it's hard for me to look past what we've seen from Dollars and Cardwell today. Yeah, no, one of these guys, Whittington or Irving, are going to, to leapfrog them. I don't think it's the case, but I think, I think we could just see a real balance of that position. A, it could help keep that stuff, but B, helps keep them cool. And, you know, if you've got a bunch of talent behind you, then you have to push yourself to be the best version of yourself as a running back for the Ducks. And I think that overall is a good thing for the running game. And I'm just excited to see, or, well, I. I am excited, but I'm I'm more curious to see how this chart is going to going to shape out because it it could really be any of it. They're all pretty distinct. I think Irving and Whittington run in a very similar similar way, but Cardwell's a little bit more patient, wants to make you miss in space, but he doesn't finish runs as hard. He's you know, the the most patient runner. He's got great vision. Dollars is I think the most explosive. Irving and Whittington probably the most talented of making guys miss between the tackles. You could probably go either way. I think probably a, a slight edge here to Bucky Irving. There's so many ways that this could go. And, you know, unfortunately, when you just look at the history of running backs, I'm not saying that one is guaranteed to have a season-ending injury, but one is definitely going to be banged up from time to time. So uh, I think this pushes Jordan James down the depth chart and, and probably out in a significant way for 2022. And I think that it, it, it kind of solidifies the guys who are going to see carries. You know, I think 2021, you can correct me in the comments here on YouTube if, I, if I'm wrong here. I think Trey Benson was kind of the fourth running back. You know, it might have been Sean Dollars had he been healthy, but it was Travis Dye, it was C.J. Burdell, it was Byron Cardwell, and then you know, Benson had a couple of carries there uh, against against Colorado. So, you know, seven McGee had a handful, and then he was kind of a hybrid running back receiver. So there's a lot of different ways that this running back room could go, and it's just, I, I think, a fascinating position to follow here for, for Duck fans because I, I don't have a huge inclination. I, I, if I had to make a prediction, and I know that's what some of you are probably wanting to do, is better just make a prediction. Okay, fine. I'm going to go dollars will be the one, card will be the two. I think the three and Whittington the four. That's my projected depth chart for for the running back room, but we will follow it here. 
Publish, comment, subscribe, wherever you are listening to and or watching the show right now. I appreciate all of you out there. And by the way, this is Monday's episode. And for those of you listening on Monday or Tuesday or whenever, Jurion Dickey, four-star wide receiver, who John Garcia, recruiting director for Sports Illustrated that we bring on regularly here on the pod as of uh, the last few weeks. The four-star wide receiver from Valley Christian High School in California, who the Ducks are expecting to for. He is announcing his commitment at some point on Monday, recording the show on Sunday. So we'll have a recap of that. Hopefully it's good news for the Ducks. He's class of 2023, and Oregon's kind of been seen at as the leader on him for a while now, and he, he was at the spring game as well. So hopefully that, that ends up being a commitment. Still no quarterback in the class. I've heard some light rumblings about, about quarterbacks. Dante Moore said that he was really, really impressed with Oregon. I forget the exact word that, that he, he used. I'm sure some of you can find it and comment below to make me look bad and such, but he was really impressed with Oregon. Dante Moore is the five-star quarterback from the Detroit, Michigan area. So that's uh, something to follow as well. And we will always do so here on the show. If you ever want a question answered on the show, by the way, for those of you who are new, I thank you for being here. You can tweet with the hashtag AskLEPod, or you can DM me at LockedOnDucks, which is the show's Twitter account. You can DM me there or at Smalls underscore 55. For those of you watching on YouTube, there it is down there in the bottom right, which I look at, you know, pretending that I, and just a, a skilled right is I just I I know exactly how to work this stuff and I always have and we're gonna just ignore the idea that it could be something else even though it's uh you know something I had to work at a little bit. We'll switch basketball here because Davion Harmon, after saying he was coming back to the Ducks, is leaving Dana Altman's squad. I'll tell you about that after I tell you about that online. Your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info find all of the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and start of major league baseball go mariners bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online or where the game starts this is a puzzling one this this was a really puzzling one because Davion Harmon had a nice year last season for the Ducks. And he said he was coming back. And then Oregon had Keyshawn Bartholomew in the portal. Again, nothing from Davion Harmon. Then all of a sudden, kind of out of the blue, he announced that he's transferring. So he, he's going to Texas Tech after Kevin McCuller Jr. entered the NBA draft or the transfer portal. And, and speaking of which, the other thing that makes this surprising is if you remember – Davion Harmon transferred to Oregon from Oklahoma after a couple of years there with the Sooners. He came to Oregon and used the one-time exemption. Now, you've heard plenty this year about, like, oh, the transfer portal has changed the game. The transfer portal is uh, is completely changing and all, all this sort of stuff. Uh, the light went off my face here on YouTube, so I might look dark here for a minute as the sun went behind a cloud. But I think that... Davion Harmon, or I know that Davion Harmon is going to have to get some kind of exemption, you know, in order to play immediately at at Texas Tech. So that's why I was so surprised that that he was that that he put his name in the portal. I I just didn't I, I didn't see that coming at all. But Oregon appears to be okay in in the backcourt, and you know, so so now Duck fans are probably asking, what does this mean? 
It makes me think that perhaps I was wrong. I've theorized here on the show before that Will Richardson has played his last game as an Oregon Duck. Maybe I was wrong there, right? Maybe Will Richardson is coming back, and that's why Harmon wants to leave because five-star point guard in the class of 2022, Dior Johnson, is coming in uh, this year to the Ducks. And then if Will Richardson is there and Keyshawn Barthelme, well, all of a sudden that's uh, a really crowded backcourt. So maybe that's why... You know, if Harmon has that that sort of insight, which maybe he does, then maybe it's too crowded. You know, it became too crowded for him. Again, this is not confirmed. This is just me theorizing about Richardson. But there's suddenly a lot of guards back there. And I, I don't think that, you know, a guy like Keyshawn Bartholomew, who averaged 11 points a game last year in the Pac-12, is going to transfer in if he's not going to start. So that that makes it a little more likely. It would seem that Will Richardson will uh, will stay with the Ducks. but again be following that. Speaking of basketball, by the way, Frank Kepnong left the program. I was pretty disappointed in that. I loved Big Frank. I really did. He's going to Washington. <sighs> That's the downside of the transfer portal because I really liked Big Frank and I was going to root for him wherever he went. But do I really want to root for him at Washington? No, like not particularly. It's a good addition for the Huskies and Mike Hopkins, no doubt. But I developed a fondness for Big Frank and uh, it it's you know going to be tough to root for him up there with uh, with the dogs and such, but uh, that's where he ended up. And we could have uh, if if Enfali Dante comes back, we could have Frank Kepnong against Enfali Dante, and that could be very very interesting for a couple guys who have gone against each other uh, more on on more than a handful of occasions at, at practice. So all of that will continue to follow here on the pod, which is why I appreciate you liking, sub- subscribing wherever you are listening to or watching the show. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.